Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you all for coming out today. This is really exciting. Who here watches Rebels? Where was I? No, Rebels. Hey, who doesn't watch Rebels? So, what, what are you, ex- what are you uh, expecting Trek, to get out of this? Do you want to learn you, about it? If you don't watch Rebels, the Star oh, Trek to- panel is across the way. <laughs> so, okay. So, what I want to do with the panel is make this very interactive. We're going to talk about what we like about Rebels and our favorite Everything. episodes and characters and such like that. And then... We'll talk here on the panel about that for a while, and then we'll invite you guys up to the microphone to ask questions or make any comments. And before we do that, we're going to go down the road here. I'll start, and we'll go down this way to that guy on the end. I'm not sure who he is, but he'll introduce himself to you. So I'm Bruce Gibson. I'm a producer on the Star Wars Report, and I also have been on Trek FM. If anybody does Star Trek. There you go. So I'm now hosting Literary Treks, which is the Star Trek books and comics, and also occasionally on 602 Club, where we talk Star Wars stuff. All right, I'm Bethany Blanton. I also do work with the Star Wars Report site, and I'm very excited to talk about Rebels. I am Brie Lavornia. I am a staff writer over at Tashi Station, and I also run the geek fashion blog, Way Hot Room. And are we all just saying we're excited to talk about Rebels? Yes. I'm going to say that and say I'm excited to costume with someone from Rebels on Sunday. My name is Tom Hutchins. Uh, most people know me as my Mandalorian character, Mandalore the Uniter. I'm the founder of the Mandalorian Works Costume Club, and I love Star Wars Rebels. Thank you. I'm Nancy. I'm the co-founder of Tashi Station. Do a bunch of uh, podcasts over there. We just started a new uh, podcast, which will be relevant to this discussion: the Thrawn Cast. We are rereading the th- we are rereading the Thrawn trilogy, uh, and we will also be talking about Rebels, obviously. That's exciting news to me. Um, my name is Henry Gilroy. I uh, co-developed, uh, co-created uh, Star Wars Clone Wars with George Lucas and Dave Filoni. Co-created, co-created Ahsoka Tano as well, which I know you're fans of. Um, yes. And a bunch of other characters who I know you guys love. Um, right now, I am a co-executive producer, head writer on Star Wars Rebels. Uh, for the last three seasons, and um, I can't wait for you guys to see what we got coming up. So, thank you for coming out. So, you, you don't have a podcast? <laughs> At any one time, I'm probably working on nine to twelve episodes of Rebels for you guys, so there's not a lot of time to talk about what I'm doing. All right, well, let's start off by getting to know you even more. So, how did you become a Star Wars fan? Um, like a lot of people, uh, you know, I was I was probably about negative seven, if I want to <laughs> lie about my age, when I saw Star Wars uh, in the Man Chinese Theater in Hollywood. And that's one of those, you know, I was 10 years old, life-changing experiences for me. Um, and uh, you can imagine my surprise um, and ecstasy and thrill of being able to actually work for the guy who created it, um, with him. And uh, so... Uh, that's how I basically got into writing, was being inspired by George. And then over the time, I basically had got into animation. I had written in animation for about um, a few years. I started at Warner Brothers Animation. And I started doing some comics for Dark Horse, some of the Star Wars Dark Horse comics. And um, 
Thank you. John, and they, they, they produced some amazing stuff there. And um, George saw some of my comic work and asked for me to do the um, movie adaptations for Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. And um, after that, he eventually wanted to do a, a Star Wars series. And he said, oh, here's a guy who knows animation, but who also knows graphic storytelling at Star Wars. And so he, he okayed me to be the guy on Clone Wars. So now that's how I got in. Great. And so you worked on Clone Wars and then Rebels. So how was that process of moving from one show to another? How, how are those shows different? You know, it's interesting. On, on Star Wars, George would swap out writers every year. So I worked on the first two seasons of Clone Wars. They brought in another like head writer for season two and start of season three, then another guy for season three, and then another guy for season four. And that's t typically how George operates. George is more of a director's um, studio, so he really has the director be involved in the writing. As a matter of fact, my chief co-writer on the series is Dave Filoni. And, you know, there's a lot of names I know that go by, written by, on the Clone Wars episodes. This guy wrote a great episode of Clone Wars, but, oh, this other episode wasn't that great. Generally speaking, Dave, you know, writes and reworks tons of the scripts and editorial as well as it's a script tape. Okay. So, a question for you and the rest of the panel, or what are some of your favorite episodes of Rebels? Um, let's see, boy. It's hard to choose. Um, you know, people always ask me all the time, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? And it really depends on the mood I'm in. You know, I don't go, oh, yeah. it's Empire Strikes Back every time. Sometimes I really like A New Hope. It's such a solid movie from start to finish. And uh, sometimes I just like the myth of Empire Strikes Back. But then that Jabba, you know, I know they call it the Muppet Show or whatever. Empire, or Return of the Jedi is really, really fun to me. So depending on the mood I'm, I'm in, I like different stories. So I really try to look forward um, I really enjoyed, um, you know, collaborating with our story group on, you know, the season two finale, um, where we we brought them all back into the to, to the to the rebels series. Um, but I also liked, uh, you know, a couple of episodes before that, um, the story where Kanan and Ezra and Ahsoka return to the Jedi Temple. Yeah. Um, so that's that's one of my favorites. But um, I don't. Have, I like. I love them all. They're all my children. I guess you could say. I can tell Bri is just like. Ready to say something. <laughs> Twilight of the Apprentice was traumatic and beautiful at the same time. I I just rewatched it uh, a couple days ago because you know, doing this. It I didn't know I could feel so many emotions in like one hour of television. I remember when I first watched it, and spoilers, but it's been a couple months. Uh, when Kanan got blinded, I apparently shrieked so loudly that my roommate came out later and said. Are you okay, or was that a Star Wars? Because I actually thought someone had really died for a minute. <laughs> but I mean, I think like I remember being on Twitter with everyone, and everyone's reactions were just so—I mean, we were all heartbroken, but so positive. I've never seen the fandom love something so wholeheartedly, like just immediately like that. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure there was a question there, but uh, <laughs> just take that as a, as a comment, okay? Why did you kill the seventh sister? <laughs> Because <laughs> you liked her. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> I think my favorites are either uh, Fire Across the Galaxy, because I thought it was a great uh, finale, and uh, Ahsoka returning was amazing, and it was as great as I hoped it would be. Um, also, Wings of the Master, where Hera learns to fly the B-Wing, because I'm a, I'm a starfighter geek, and Hera flying just fills my heart with such happiness. And we need more Hera episodes. That's, hi. Yes. <laughs> okay. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna preemptively uh, uh, grant that wish. Yes. <laughs> you heard so it stay here. Stay tuned to early season three for that. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, f- my favorite episode was definitely the Protector of Concord Dawn. You know. <laughs> Be- well, the first the first moment I saw the preview with the, the pilots, I'm like, I've seen those guys before this episode. Um, and it's 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 really cool to see how you guys have like work off of some of the things that people do, you know, and it's like it's inspiring to you guys, and then that inspires us to do that much more, at least in the costume community. It's like, oh my gosh, all these cool characters they're giving us, we could do so much more stuff with. Um, but and and the way you worked in the Mandalorian code, the way that Sabine uses the code, and and just the the kind of the just the whole Mandal- Mandalorian mentality of of you know battle and the mercenary kind of attitude the old west style when he walks in and he's sitting there at the bar you know and i'm like man that's like a john wayne clint eastwood absolutely so it's perfect i mean i'm like man they couldn't have thought this stuff up better it's great oh when you guys uh you know i I don't know if you need need to wear like soil proof undergarments but when you see we have coming you're just gonna lose it (laughs) my flight suit is not you're gonna have to do something about yeah, that. Yeah, I may have to add some, some, yeah. Imperial okay. depends. I mean, yeah. what do they call it? Best guard depends. Best oh, guard. I like that. Yeah. You, you guys have basically touched on all of my favorite episodes, but I would have to say the past season finale, just with, uh, with uh, Ezra's development as a character, especially because, and I'm so sorry, but I've never really liked Ezra that much. But Ooh. I know, I know. <laughs> but as I sway through this season finale and I realized the potential that the character had, I think because I was kind of seeing him from both Maul's and Kanan's point of view. And so just to have those two very different characters who see something in this young boy made me sit back and rethink it. Uh, and so that that season finale got me to like Ezra but even more so is this upcoming season premiere, which I saw at Celebration, which I can't talk about. Aww. It's so good, though. You're mean. Just You're it. just really mean to do that to these people. How dare you? Kanan can't see much anymore, though. Uh, yeah, that's true. You know, no, and it's funny because people figured uh, when we first started season one, oh, it's space Aladdin. You know, I mean, my brother. <laughs> that's hurtful. You know, it's really hurtful. No, we, we work really hard to, to try to make the character um, strong and, and, and the, the relationship's really powerful. But, you know, we, we're really careful to not try to go down roads we've seen before where characters turn dark. And, and I, it's, uh, that, that story really is Anakin's story. So how can we play differences? How can we have the path of this character, even though there can be similarities, not be the same thing we've seen? Um, so all I can say is, is is tune in because you know you're going to be I hope I hope really really satisfied with where we're going with Ezra. So I think of Ezra as maybe being the Ahsoka that we had in Clone Wars because Ahsoka early on a lot of people didn't care for Ahsoka but then loved her towards the end because her character grew and I think we'll see that same thing with Ezra. So how was the progression so far of developing Ezra in the early part of season one up to where we've seen so far? Um, it's, you know, it's a lot different because I, I think because Kanan never finished his training and Ezra can't just look around and go, oh, I'm in the temple. There's plenty of people I can learn from. Where Ahsoka, she was with Plo and then she was with Anakin and then she went on adventures with Obi-Wan. So she really had a broad experience with a lot of different Jedi. 
and she was classically trained in, within the temple. Mm -hmm. So she had a much stronger foundation, you could say, where Ezra's kind of like, okay, what does it mean to be a Jedi? And so what I really love about this is when you think about it, we introduced Ahsoka eight years earlier. There's a whole new generation of fans who's basically being introduced to a young Jedi character coming up. And, and that's really was a major part of, of you know, transitioning Ezra. So definitely a harder road for Ezra to walk the path of a Jedi when there are we're not really any Jedi in the galaxy. Yeah. So how is it that to create a new Star Wars series and have it feel like Star Wars but not be exactly Star Wars? You have to create different characters and develop them. Sure, sure. It's funny you should say that because the very first pitch that Dave Filoni, and I had like a little bit to do with it, but more so Dave, was we figured when, when George wanted to do the Clone Wars, um, we figured that he didn't want it to have anything to do with the main core characters, no Obi-Wan or no Anakin or anything. So we had figured, oh, we're going to put them in this like sort of, um, it's kind of like what Freemakers is, where it's it's these characters who, you know, maybe they're spies for the Rebellion or, or they're, they're, they're spies for the Republic and they kind of are on the Outer Rim and they're kind of battling the Separatists but, but indirectly. And George is like, no, I want to I see Anakin. I want to see Obi-Wan. I want to see Yoda. And we're going to give Anakin a Padawan. Sorry, I can't help it. It just happens. I just go into that voice. <laughs> I'm probably, like, breaking my NDA or something. Like that. <laughs> He's not your boss anymore, so... I... uh, but he is the maker. That's true. Yeah. Creator. That's true. But, but to, 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 to talk about it, um, uh, we're also entering a, a time period that's very familiar to most Star Wars fans, which is the original trilogy time period. So our goal... Um, and especially when I was brought on to write freelance uh, um, on the first season and then took over head writing second, third. And um, so I, I knew Dave wanted to um, use Ezra as the bridger or his character and this series would be a bridge between the prequel era and the original trilogy era. And hopefully it would be organic. So that you wouldn't be like, oh, what's this character doing here from the original trilogy, like interacting with these, you know, prequel characters or prequel era characters. So the, there's a lot of care and thought that goes into um, making a show like this, and, and it seems like you guys appreciate it. We appreciate you. So. Definitely. Thank you. Well, that's Ezra, but let's talk about the other characters. So what does everybody think of Kanan? What I didn't thought? think I was going to like him. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, great. Cowboy Jedi, whatever. And then I read A New Dawn, and I went, crap. <laughs> yeah, I, I had the same reaction. I, I didn't really like the idea of another Jedi in this time period, but I love the way they've developed him, and you've seen him like coming into his own and accepting his position as Ezra's teacher and the, you know, the second-in-command of the crew, because we know that Hera is actually the leader. <laughs> Captain of the ship. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's a really great character, and Freddie Prince Jr. does such a good job voice acting. You know, I think, and hearing this from you guys and a lot of the reactions on Twitter and everything, and just my, my own feelings going into Rebels before I had seen any of it, was just like, really, a cowboy Jedi, or really, you know, a space Aladdin? And it's just these classifications <laughs> of each character. I'm sorry, but I, I'm being honest here maybe a little too much. But uh, I, I think in part it was just because I was sad that the Clone Wars was over. Uh, and that so I went into Rebels with a, you know, why, could, why can't we just have more Clone Wars? Because I want more Clone Wars. And, and then Rebels, uh, I mean, it made me fall in love again. That's awesome. 
I, I think I, I really like Kanan, and, and I think the relationship between Kanan and, and Ezra really mimics a lot of Obi-Wan and Anakin, because they're both, you know, Kanan is, is I won't say he's as young as Obi-Wan, but he's kind of, seems kind of reluctant in the beginning, when this whole paired up thing begins with them, you know, and watching them both kind of come up over this last couple years kind of harkens back to watching Anakin and Obi-Wan both kind of come up together. And, you know, they're, they're both maturing, and you've got one who's asking questions of, well, what am I becoming? And then you have the other one asking of questions of, am I doing this correctly? And I think that kind of, it really highlights a lot of, of a parent-child kind of relationship in a lot of ways. And even though I'm not a parent myself, I see enough and deal enough with parents and children that it, it really, you know, it's kind of a it's a natural thing and that's really what I like about uh, Kanan is that seeing him it almost kind of reminds me of you know seeing my father when I was raised up you know and, and questions I you know that I knew he had and questions I had and things like that so I have a question actually speaking of parents are Hera and Kanan space married I, I really need to know this space married I guess the question I have in response is, how do you define space marriage? I have a definition! <laughs> oh boy, you asked the wrong question there. In less than 15 words? Yes, uh, maybe, hold on. Two people who are partners in everything and kick butt and are friends and romantically involved. <laughs> Uh, tune in next season. <laughs> I had to try. Like, all of the hugs and longing looks have been so teasing. <laughs> and just she kiss her already. <laughs> she doesn't call anyone else love. <laughs> but but what what does space love mean? I don't. <laughs> when Twilight and a Jedi love each other very much. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, if you kind of look at the very first time you see Kanan and Hera in that short film, there's a lot of sort of romantical sort of interaction. And it's really interesting when you see their relationship. And usually a lot of times when um, you have a very romantic couple, when they have a child, a lot of attention goes to the child and raising that child. So it's, it's only natural that they might not take a break because they still live together, but their focus is changing. And their focus has changed, where she's like, oh, wow, i got to like worry about this larger rebellion that's growing. And he's like, yeah, and I've got to sort of mentor and father this, this young man into Jedihood. So you could say, not that they're taking a break. Like, relax. <laughs> I'm, I'm right. But the idea is, is the priorities have shifted, obviously, in yeah. the relationship. I was actually to say thank you, because that is the closest we've gotten anyone <laughs> involved in Rebels <laughs> to say more than, I don't know. <laughs> so thank you, seriously. So are you saying that Hera and Kanan are Ray's parents? No. <laughs> we talked about this. You were not supposed to say anything. What's the matter with you? We have, they have the Snoke theory stickers. We need Ray's parents theory stickers. <laughs> yes. I'm just, I'm not going to, I'll just say the three names, Hera, Chopper, BB-8. There's a connection. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, 
Uh, you do the math down there. Where does it go from there? Well, it's a different galaxy, right? I mean, <laughs> things happen differently there. <laughs> the will, the will of the force. Do you have something you want to say <laughs> about I that? Do, yes. Well, not not about that okay, because good. I think Bria needs to recover here. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, I I am wondering, uh, what can you tell us about? the development of Thrawn? Like what went into the decision making of yes, let's do this? Um, you know, it's fun, something that was like talked about at the very beginning of the series. Actually, even before I was involved, I was kind of brought in as a freelancer like in the first batch, but when they were developing the series, uh, Dave Filoni, Simon Kinberg, and Kiri Hart, there was definitely talk about it. Um, however, you can't bring a character like Thrawn into a series like this until you're your heroes have actually raised the power and skill um, to be able to survive, you know, uh, against him. So, um, and also he, 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 because we really are, at least in my opinion, I don't know if this is a spoiler or whatever, but I, I really was a huge fan of Air of the Empire and, and, and getting the opportunity to actually like write that early stuff in, in season three and, and kind of define that was like, wow, you know, Tim did most of the work. I'm not going to redefine Admiral Thrawn. There's no way I can do that because the character is amazing. So my job is to bring him into the Rebels uh, medium, animation medium, as best I can, as best as we could, um, and 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 really deliver him to you as you have always wanted to see him. So, um, as far as developments, all I can say is just. Tune in next season. <laughs> so you're gonna hear that a lot. Sorry. I have to say I ha I was not lucky enough to go to Celebration and see the new episodes, but just from the trailer, um, I had to go back and look in Air to the Empire because I thought that dialogue had been lifted wholesale because it sounded just like something he would say. Well, and and because you know I read that book when it came out. As a matter of fact, when Tim visited the studio, um, I had him sign my first edition hardcover, and yeah, it, you know, it, and and it, it's like, and, but to just hear from him and know that, like, obviously, and we'll talk about that later, but um, you know. That, that he's on board with it, obviously, and, and his new novel's coming out. So, um, so yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's exciting. I'm, not, I'm trying not to, like, say stuff that I will get in trouble <laughs> for saying. So I'm going to just keep saying it because it's exciting. What, what can you tell us about season three? Tune in um, next season. Yeah, <laughs> why we, well, why don't we look at the trailer? Actually, there's a new trailer just dropped today. Did you guys know that? <gasps> I, I think they they were they put out a couple of yeah. new ones. I don't know. You guys like, know about really them? short clip, like thirty oh, second clips. Oh. Yeah. Okay. This is what I've wanted. Just me. Everyone looking like it's just me. That's right, apprentices. an enemy you must know them I will pull the rebels apart piece by piece they'll be the architects of their own destruction destruction destruction, destruction. 
I, I try to get the season premiere, but they, it's like the, the, the hoops that Disney and all that, you know what I mean? So, uh, we, you probably know we premiere September 24th. So, yep. you guys, <laughs> just hang in there. It's coming, and, and it'll be worth it. Oh, man. What day, sorry? September 24th. It's a Saturday. Of this year. <laughs> Thank goodness. So, can, tell us some of the stuff we saw in that trailer. <laughs> uh, I kid, there was an explosion. I saw something explode. There's a guy with green eyes. Uh, something else exploded. Okay. And, then the, and then there's so many shots, somebody. That's what I saw, too. Yeah, okay. People's lives looked like they were in danger. There was especially a, Sabine, and I'm very, very concerned. There was a TIE fighter with red stripes. <laughs> so what else did you guys like about that trailer? What, like, really jumped out? I saw Maul. That, like, freaked yeah. me out, too. Kanan's eyes. Did you see, like, the... Yeah. The, the, yeah. So weird. <laughs> weird. <laughs> so we'll open it up. If anybody has any questions or comments, just line up at the microphone, and, and we'll go from there. But one character we haven't talked about, well, there's a couple. Sabine, yeah. we haven't talked about her. What do you got? What? Can we talk about the Darksaber? Let's talk about the Darksaber. Yeah. Because that blew my mind in the first trailer we saw, and I want to know everything about how she got it, and I know his answer is going to be tuned in next season. But in the meantime... <laughs> Also, her armor. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> Do you have anything? Sorry. I guess I, I have been wondering, as far as the development of Rebels goes, uh, what what can you tell us about the choices behind the animation style? Um, yeah, obviously, you know, the the foundation of this series goes to the master Ralph McQuarrie, as far as the look and design of it. And, um, you know, people have said, like, oh, wow, how is it that you've actually managed to capture the look of the original trilogy, the way it's shot? It's like, that's because, you know, Dave and his directors use the same lenses that George has access to. Virtual lenses, but we're not using, like, the shaky camera, handheld stuff. It's, it's, it's the kind of photography that you would basically, um, you would see in the original trilogy. And it's the same thing people complain about, oh, how come the lightsabers are so skinny? It's like, well, that's actually they were the way they were in, in the original trilogy. So as much as we can in design ethic, you know, we, we pull from Ralph McQuarrie's original concept paintings and Joe Johnson's design. So all of that, you know, goes into the storytelling to make it feel like it's Star Wars. And, you know, put that, combine that with the, the lighting and, and the, the subject matter and the acting in it. And hopefully you guys see and go, wow, this, this, this is Star Wars. That's our goal. We're fans too. We're bigger, you know, fans. We get paid to be fans, which is good. But uh, so it's a dream. And how is that planning process of episodes? There's some that are more mythology, and others that are more standalone character uh, episodes. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. We we we. I know some people, some shows like plan out an entire, you know, every single episode is planned. But you know, Dave Dave does like to kind of. You know, leave it a little bit fluid. Uh, 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 the stories giving them some room to kind of go this way and go that way. There's always an overall basic plan, but once we kind of get to the you know to the end of the season, things will change. Like Dave took the second half of um, the Twilight of the Apprentice and completely rewrote it as he was drawing it. It was pretty amazing, actually. And um, you know, I think in I think in my original script, I think in my original script, I think Thawne, or uh, not Thawne, I think I think we actually killed Maul off. And 
wait, that's probably a big a drop. But but actually, <laughs> um, I think that's why I named the original premise Twilight of the Apprentice because it was li literally I think uh, I think Maul died. But but ultimately, the way the story unfolded, it's it's really again going back to our family, our family of characters is Ezra and Ezra's family. So that's that's something that we really like have tried to work into the story, and we always ask ourselves whenever we tell these stories is how does this story affect the family? And so, sure, we do stories that focus on the rebellion and the growing rebellion, and we focus on the Jedi stories, which are more mythic and Jedi-Sith-centric. Um, but, but really, it's, it's, um, it's always in service to the characters. All right, really quick question, yes or no. Um, does season three end before Celebration? Is it scheduled to end the season before Celebration in April? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if... Does anybody here work at Disney? <laughs> I'm just wondering if we'll get on the tra trailer for season four and the, the celebration. You know, it's, it's funny. That's probably one of those things where, depending on how far we get in the season, you know, they might air the finale there or something. Oh, Who okay. knows? Oh my God. Okay. Or at least a new episode. So go to Florida is what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> and a really, really quick comment. Um, uh, Kanan is a blind Jedi. Um, Chirrut Imwe is a blind man who believes in the Force. If they both happen to meet in at some, in one of those uh, episodes, you might just see me Kermit flail at some point. <laughs> well, but but how would they even know? <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, it's mean. I know it's mean. Sorry. With the revelation that a Clone Wars character is going to be in Rogue One, do you foresee or know of any upcoming Rebels characters making into live-action films? It's weird how like Lucasfilm is sort of like Area 51, where everything is comp you know, compartmentalized, where across the hall they're working on something that would melt your eyes, you know, but you don't see it because it's behind closed doors or whatever. So um, I, th I think there's always the possibility of that kind of thing, but um, you know, it's, 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 hard. It's, it's hard to say, but on the other hand, you know, I, you know, I wouldn't get your hopes up, but okay. be optimistic, I don't know. Thanks. And make sure to name a character Tim next season. Thank sure. you. Are, th are, there, are there any works with uh, Rogue One uh, that you guys compare stories and kind of keep on the same storyline? Um, well, actually, I mean, we, we are tracking, you know, Ezra's born literally right around the time that, that Luke and Leia are. So, I mean, you know, within days of each other. So there definitely is, um, you know, this time period that's marching. Like the first year we figured as you know the first season was a year and then the second season was you know um you know uh, around a year and then six months passed before we get to season three um so we're definitely marching closer and closer to the time events of rogue one and a new hope so are we gonna have any x-wings in the new point. season of Star Wars Rebels. Can we add a little bit of some X-Wings to go with the Y-Wings? Wow, yeah, I, I'm sensing you really like the X-Wings. Yeah, I really do, because I really like their design. Okay, I promise. What's your name? They are Alexander Leeds. I promise not to disappoint you. <laughs> Thanks. Well... That, that reminds me of a question I wanted to ask. Can you tell us anything about a certain character named Wedge Antilles that's going to be in Rebels? Um, Woo! Actually, uh, you're going to have to go to the end of the line. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get you guys to justify, defend, explain the ability for Inquisitors to fly with their spinning sabers? 
Why not? <laughs> okay, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll just answer it this way. Let's see, there's, there's two, there's, that, there's an A answer and there's a B answer. The A answer is like usually my go-to easiest answer, which is you have to ask Dave Filoni. <laughs> the B answer, I would say, um, is really connected to, um, it's, a, it's a longer mythological discussion and it, and it relates specifically to Malachor and how it is the home of this Sith temple. So there, so it isn't just like, hey man, that'd be a great action figure. What? Yeah, he squeezes legs and he spins around, <laughs> right? right? Okay. My name is Kevin with the Fandom Podcast Network. How you doing, man? Uh, Bruce, last time I saw you was in Scotland, right? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Good to finally see you in Atlanta. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Question for you: There's always been a lot of speculation about the lifespan of Rebels. We've got, uh, obviously, uh, you know, Rogue One coming up. Um, can you guys give us a hint of how many seasons you're looking at for Rebels? I, I when will it end? If you guys, like, could, if I was going to just say, how long do you want the show to run? Don't say, like, ten seasons or something like <laughs> 11 that. 11-5. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Six seasons in a movie. <laughs> That's that, that should be a segment on your podcast, I think. Right? <laughs> um, I, yeah, it's hard to say. You know, um, you just keep going and, and telling stories as long as you have good stories to tell. You know, it's funny. Sometimes Dave will talk about that. How, you know, he, he George was George would when we first started. George said, "Oh, we're going to make a hundred of these." And we were like, oh my gosh, like five has been really hard to make. <laughs> um, you know, and I always wondered about that. Like, you know, and, and I think, I think it, you know, the key is, is just keep telling fantastic stories as long as they're fantastic and as long as you guys are, are wanting them. I have a question kind of related to that. Is there a concern about, like, how, about advancing through the t- timeline too quickly? Because you're saying like season one covered a year and then there's a like, six month gaps because obviously you sort of have some time restraints within that. Is that a concern when you guys are deciding like how to start? Not, not really. No, I, I, again, you know, <clears throat> I mean, the idea of a rebel alliance, the cell being way out there and, and, and doesn't mean they're going to have to. I mean, you think about how vast the galaxy is. Our characters are don't necessarily have to come into contact with any of the characters in the movie. So we could tell stories, you know, conceivably for years and years and years. So. Thank you. Oh, can you come here for a second? Come here. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> it won't explode. I mean. <laughs> I'm a huge Raiders fan, sorry. Nice. Thank you, sir. <laughs> um, I've been consuming all of the extra material, the comics, the books, Rebels Lego Recon. movies, everything. Um, Where's Pablo? And what I've noticed is some um, like tendrils of story that are going through everything, including Rebels, like the uh, mid-path, you know, not the dark side, not the light side, and space whales, and all kinds of things. And I'm wondering, like I know you have your story group to make sure everything's consistent across the universe, but is there also a story that they're giving down to you? Like, we, we want part of this story told in Rebels, part of a bigger story. How much, or, or are you guys just kind of autonomous in your storytelling? No, and I, just making I, sure? I think that's the whole point of story group, 
is to have people who are involved in publishing and novels, comics, video games. There's all this content, plus the, the films, too. So um, I think there's a, there's a wide, uh, this time period, in my mind, is really crowded, right? Because you, you have the original trilogy, and then you have the video games that came before. You have what all of that material, even though it's, it's called so called Legends or whatever, but you have like Rogue One now and then Rebels. So it's all kind of bunched in this area. So um, there, there's definitely room um, um, for interweaving when it feels natural. Um, so, and, and we have, you know, when we have a character like, you know, Lando show up in an episode or, or, or something like that. And the Hammerhead Cruisers, right. So, I mean, what's great about that is, is that doesn't mean that like some stuff that we have, you know, might appear in other stuff too. Can I just say I'm a big fan of the puffer pig? Seriously, I love the puffer pig. <laughs> so with the season three trailer, you made obvious that you're bringing Thrawn back into the canon. And in season two, there were hints of certain other parts of the canon, like the Hammerhead Cruisers and Malachor being brought back into the canon. When can we expect the canon reintroduction of Revan? <laughs> <laughs> um... <clears throat> I, I don't I, you know it's it's it, it it really has the story has to call for that I think um, and I I think that that's that's one of those things where you, whenever it does happen you really want it to be special and and if you think about it like even though there was talk about Thrawn early season one it took us you know forty something episodes to get to get there. So, um, yeah, just be patient. Okay. okay. I'm willing to sell my soul. Uh, if we get first, um, oh. first uh, I haven't seen anybody in the dealer's room selling DVDs of Star Wars Rebels. And somebody should fix that. Okay. That's, um, a good, that's right. Yeah. It just came out this week. Yeah. So, um, uh, anyway, I was just wondering if the story of the Inquisitors would be resolved. I don't care how. Just say what happened to them, maybe even say where they came from, especially that third guy who fell in Twilight of the Apprentice, if you're going to resolve. Oh, Eighth Brother? The what? The eighth Brother? Eighth mean? Brother, yeah, that guy. Well, anyway, if, yeah, if you're... Right, you think about it, like, the, shouldn't there be a so-and-so, you know, a second so-and-so, and a, and yeah, a fourth a who, whole who's the guy? And a... I was just, yeah, I was just wondering if it was plan to resolve whatever happens to them um actually there is a plan yes good a plan well sure that's all you can tell me (laughs) (laughs) i know david said at celebration that going into twilight of the apprentice he really had planned that to be the end game for ahsoka with her receiving a hero's death when she strikes vader and seeing anakin through the mask being the last thing she saw how did that develop and change in the writer's room? Did he come in still pushing that, or had he already changed his mind going into when you guys were working on that episode, or did, did it um, that, that, I think, was really much earlier. You know, um, back when I was still on The Clone Wars, George says, you know, she's got to die, right? <laughs> and, and, and Dave and I would make a joke that, yeah, like, and then, like, yeah, when she sees him and she knows it's him, she's like, hey, this guy, guy, and he's like, ah! <laughs> um, at, you know, Vader, you're right. Her calling him Sky Guy. Anyway, it, it, we joked about it, but but ultimately, the longer time went on, I think I think somebody early on, like right after the Clone Wars movie came out, said basically like Ahsoka was like the second most hated, worst Star Wars character ever created, and that was like again hurtful 
<laughs> but um, we stuck with it, and we knew that that she, we had a lot of places for her to go, and, and fantastic growth, and 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 Dave and his guys really like brought her up, um, and and now people love her and they want to see her in a movie and everything else. So, um, <clears throat> is so basically, I think it came down to okay, fine, we know that Vader's going to have to kill her, or she's going to have to die, and it, maybe that's something that you know contributes to Anakin turning or whatever. As time went on, it's like. You know, we had always envisioned the series as Ahsoka series from the very beginning, because we know what happens to Anakin. We know what happens to Obi Wan. Other, all the other Jedi, even Mace, Plo, like Yoda. We know what happens to all of them. The one character we have no idea about that we want you all to care about is Ahsoka, because who knows when she could die. Um, so it went from she's got to die to. Dave basically went, how can we talk George out of changing his mind to, okay, she's got to die. No, 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 we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna change it so that she doesn't die. So I think he saved her from death twice um, in some of the later seasons. And then, and then, you know, I don't know, did she get a reprieve from Disney? Is that possible? <laughs> Maybe. But um, I, I do know that, that George and Dave did kind of work out something really awesome. Um, but um, um, it, it all changed, obviously. So... Uh, uh, Twilight of the Apprentice um, definitely evolved as the story as time went on, but I, to, to, to just answer your question, I'm not sure of the timing of it. I felt that that, that decision might have come earlier than just when we were working on I the episode. I didn't know if it was a last minute thing. So. It, it, no, no, no. I, it, it's, I, it's never yeah. last minute. <laughs> anything huge Any like process, that? Yeah. Except for Maul not dying. Sorry, what's that? That's a really good question. <laughs> what movie did everyone want to see? It's her a in? great question. It's such a good one. I just don't know how to answer it. It's just you, you know, at celebration, Dave said her story will be continued, but we don't know what that means. Classic Dave. Wow, you like got every detail over there. <laughs> Do you guys want to see something come back? Yeah. yeah. Unlike a lot of fans, um, you know, some are really people people and some like the exploding action. I'm one of those guys who like the hardware, in particular ships. I guess that's because I build airplanes for a living. Um, I love the, uh, the story where they captured the uh, aircraft carrier. Uh, I served on one in the U.S. Navy. Awesome. Um, Thank you. I, I love the story where they, they build the B-Fighter. Uh, and uh, then they tried to get the um, base in the Mandalorian area. In the third season, are we going to see where they actually get someplace to build all those nice ships we see them <laughs> fight in the, in, in the cannon? Second question was, um, Ahsoka says, I'm not a Jedi when she goes to the temple because she can't do certain things. I thought she was always a Jedi. Why couldn't she? Do those things. Why isn't she a Jedi? Well, she she walked away from the order, and it's not that she couldn't have done it. She just said, "You better do it." Those were her exact lines. I'm no longer a Jedi. You better do it. That doesn't mean she couldn't have forced it. She couldn't have done it. But the idea is 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 the I, there's a mystical aspect of the temple that maybe it would sense that you're not Jedi. You're not part of the order anymore. So it was more about her being someone who opens a door to a temple that she's no longer a part of. Does that make sense? Gotcha. So, and then to back up for your earlier question is, um, yeah, we, we have a lot of new spaceships yes. coming in in season three, 
for you. Thank you. I'm sorry. We have that's going to have to be our last question for now. I, I apologize for this. Um, I think we need to add to this panel and do a little something else. Um, do you have? Can we get everybody to sit down? Can everybody please sit down? We need to clear a path. Oh, <laughs> no. Timothy Zahn, creator of Thrawn. The rebel panel will be the architect of its own destruction. <laughs> well, looks like the uh, Grand Admiral got a, finally got a seat at the table. <laughs> so what are we talking about? We're talking about Rebels. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it, yes. Okay. So, so uh, I think you created a character in your novels named Thrawn that is going to now appear in Rebels Season 3. Yes, and uh, it's exciting and scary and just a great honor. It's, uh, I found, I found about, out about this in mid-November of last year and have been tap dancing ever since. <laughs> yeah, Tim. Yeah. yeah. You like the way I have... The, the technique for any, anybody who needs to do this in the future is you do not answer the question that has been asked. The question was, are you going to write any more Star Wars books? The answer is, if they ever want me to do more Star Wars books, they know where to find me. Which is true, but it's not the answer. But they all seem satisfied anyway. I, I need to study under you, Master Zahn. <laughs> Don't play poker with Tim Zahn. <laughs> ever. No, he can't afford to lose that much money. <laughs> so how long have you known? I mean, this had to be a hard secret to keep. Uh, yeah, since mid-November, they brought me down uh, to Skywalker Ranch, and, and it was for about two months before that, they uh, sent me an email, said, we'd like you to come down to uh, Lucasfilm and uh, you know, chat about Star Wars, which is a re really weird thing to be asked. <laughs> okay. You're flying me down there to talk about Star Wars. We couldn't get a connection until uh, November because of various conventions and such. And as it happened, I was on my way to uh, Blizzard to talk about the StarCraft novel. So we, what we, that was supposed to be on a Monday, so we simply arranged it so I would fly down to San Francisco on Thursday, have a meeting on Friday, and uh, then continue on Sunday to San Francisco for the Blizzard stuff. So I'm getting all these, these emails as we're setting this, and, I, and I'm poking for information. You know, uh, are other authors going to be there? Oh, we, we don't know. What is, what is this all about? We just want to talk about Star Wars and, and maybe, uh, you know, talk about a new book. And I'm looking at the schedule, and it's a two-hour block, and Dave Filoni is going to be there. And Dave Filoni does not have two hours to spare just chatting about Star Wars. <laughs> so, okay, something is up, except I don't know what, and they won't tell me. And then the, mor the uh, morning of the Thursday when I got into San Francisco, they had said, Bring a, you know, just grab a cab. We've got the hotel and everything set up for you. And um, We made him ride in the trunk. Yeah. <laughs> And I decided while waiting for my luggage to check my email one more time just to see if, you know, they've changed their mind, if there's a car waiting, something like that. Not a big deal. I checked my email and I've got a, a message saying, oh, by the way, um, there may be a film crew there for the meeting. Is that okay with you? <laughs> film crew? <laughs> what the hey? 
no, it's not a problem. Uh, they took me to lunch. I was too nervous to eat because like Talon Card, I don't like surprises. <laughs> and it got worse. We get to the conference room after lunch. I'm the first one there. There's lots of snacks, though. Yeah. We had a lot of snacks. But there's, this is the head of the table because this is where the snacks are and the, and the drinks. Okay, this is the head of the table. I'm going to sit down here until I figure out what's going on. And people start dribbling in. The, the film crew is there, introduce themselves. People start coming in and introducing themselves. And, and it's typically, hi, I'm so-and-so, big fan. Okay, they did not come down, bring me here to yell at me. That's, that's good. Um, and then Pablo and Leland come in, the ones I've known the best for the longest. And uh, they say, oh, um, here, why don't you move up closer here to the front of the ta head of the table? <laughs> Okay, Leland, do you know what's going on? Yep. <laughs> you going to tell me? Nope. And I'm thinking, yeah, someday, Leland, I'm going to know something you don't, and I'm not going to tell you either. <laughs> and I sit down, and uh, I think Dave and uh, Carrie were the last ones in, and uh, settle down. Got this film crew over here, and they're sitting here. And Dave drops the news on me that Thrawn is going to be the villain or a major villain in season three. I don't remember exactly. I have a vague recollection of having muttered the internet is going to melt. Uh, <laughs> and right. then, then they took me down, showed me the, a couple of clips of what they had done. We discussed Thrawn, discussed uh, various aspects. I got the grand tour of the Rebels bullpen. What do you call mm -hmm. it? And just design. The, the design everything. Uh, very cool stuff. Oh, by the way, I, I've signed two NDAs at this point. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I say something and they own, own me. Uh, and then we went upstairs and uh, I think about four of us sat around and discussed a new, a new novel, uh, which is going to be a prequel to the season three appearance. Uh, I don't know how much we're allowed to say, probably not much more than that. You can so, say whatever uh, you want to say. Yeah. <laughs> Don't repeat let me just, this. Let me just yeah. Security. Yeah. Actually, there's no need. I've still got the Lucasfilm implant, so <laughs> it's it's been upgraded. It's um, a kill switch. Yeah, the kill switch. So, um, as I said, then I went immediately from there to Blizzard. Worked out our Starcraft novel. That one needed to be in first, so I started that one. We went off uh, almost immediately then for three weeks in Brazil to do some signings and uh, bookstore signings, a couple of conventions, and that's where the tap dancing began. <laughs> uh, fortunately, in Portuguese, it's easier to dance. And uh, then I've been up here and sitting on this thing for uh, you know, eight or nine months. There was a leak. Uh, will you ever figure out who did that? I don't know. Okay. There was somebody obviously not one of the major people because the leak was Thrawn would make an appearance in season three. So probably some peripheral person there for the recording session that day or something obviously didn't know the whole story. So um, at that point, the question was, have you heard the rumor about Thrawn? And the answer was, I have heard so many rumors over the years. <laughs> Remember how Mara Jade was going to be in The Force Awakens? And my advice is, until you see it on StarWars.com, don't believe it. And that would satisfy them as well, which was also not an answer. 
typically. Nope. Nope. And you then, can never use these again, you know that? <laughs> they know your code. Yeah, yeah. But they also know I won't lie. So when I say, I don't know this, they know it's, it's the truth, which doesn't mean it's not going to happen. just means I don't know it. So you guys are very good at secrets. Um, and then so when we knew it was going to be released at uh, Celebration in London, and fortunately we were going to stream everything live, so we sat uh, individual computers, Anna and I at our computers, Corwin in, in Tampa at his, and watched the streaming. And okay, Dave Filoni is being having way too much fun with this. Mm -hmm. yes, yes, that yes. book, that picture of the book spine, which I asked you about, by the way, and you played so straight, I'm still impressed by it. That was, that was my book. He stole it off my desk. <laughs> well, and then took a picture of it, and I'm like, wait, that's a signed first edition. What? what? Where'd it go? And he brings it in, like, oh, I stole this off your desk. <laughs> well, the no, thing is, not awesome. when, you, awesome? when you asked me about that, I hadn't heard anything oh, about okay. it. I hadn't seen, seen it. And I was under the impression that on the, on the spine, on the cloth uh, uh, spine, all of the Star Wars had the registered trademark or the uh, TM thing because why wouldn't they? So when I got home, I pulled out all of my Star Wars books and that one and Scoundrels were the only ones that had the trademark thing. So, oh, okay, that's not expected. Maybe they're right about that or maybe they're leaking stuff slowly. I, I just liked Dave's comment as they're starting the, the trailer, let's expand our universe. <laughs> yes, oh my god. <laughs> and then we're watching, we ha I haven't seen the trailer at this point, I've just seen a couple of clips, but I know it's going to be revealed. And I'm waiting and the camera starts zooming in slowly and you hear the crowd go, oh. <laughs> Another zoom, oh. And then he walks into the light, more of it and I think some people at that point were thinking, okay, well, it's a Chiss, it's a Grand Admiral, but they're not going to use Thrawn. It's going to be Grand Ma Admiral Hicks or something. <laughs> Let's take off and nuke it from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. <laughs> and then Hera drops the name. And the, the, the crowd went crazy. And it was, I had planned to watch that whole thing, about an hour of streaming, and then go back to work. Uh-uh. Uh, we spent the rest of the day looking at StarWars.com and my Facebook page and uh, everything else, the Del Rey page, and just reading comments. Um, the internet didn't melt, but I think it came close. The thing I loved is that even though there was rumors about Thrawn, no, I, I never heard anything about the possibility of you, write, you writing another book. Yeah. And when we... When you said, I'm writing my new book, I'm like, oh yeah, I know Tim's working on books. And then you said Thrawn, and I was like, did I just hear that correctly? <laughs> yeah. And you could tell the crowd didn't really get it until they put the book cover up. Mm -hmm. And I said, that was the best book announcement they've ever done. <laughs> I hit the ceiling. Like, a friend of mine had to grab me and pull me back down when they said <laughs> they announced the book. One of the remarkable things I, I'm always amazed and gratified by with this is we've got how many people at Lucasfilm know about this? How many people at Del Rey know about this? And there's never a leak. It's just wonderful that you guys are just, because you love Star Wars, you don't want to ruin it for anybody. Yeah, I, I mean, we work really hard at that. And it's hard to, too. Part of it is that I don't, I barely do any press at all. Um, 
And, and Dave is a master at manipulating people and torturing <laughs> them. So yeah. he's gotten fantastic at telling secrets and misdirecting and all that. Yeah. So um, I mean, it, I think carefully controlling the, the, the information so that you are surprised, so that you yeah. can have those reactions is really important to us. And it's funny, a lot of other, a lot of other uh, franchises don't have that, so we're, mm -hmm. we're fortunate. Yeah, but it's, it's by design and it's a, a well done and we appreciate it and, and I'm just amazed always that this is hot property. Surely somebody will leak it and you, and you never do. That's great. Just for the both of you, uh, I was at almost every major panel at Celebration. That was by far the biggest crowd reaction. Yeah. How, how, how many people were at that? I couldn't tell from the video. 4,400. 4,400? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right, yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. Well, it's almost the end, I'm sorry to say. Aww. But we're going to do a giveaway. So you have your tickets ready? You want to be in a seat?